Let's visit the 90s all over again. Put on those hammer pants. This is Dope Nostalgia. Hello, Dope Nostalgia family. This is episode 106, and I'm your host, Naomi. Our guest today was in a group, a techno electronic music group called Le Click in the 90s. Her name is Kayo Shikoni, and she is our amazing guest today. So stick around for that. Let me give you um, some background information first on her career. Wikipedia moment. Please bear in mind that Wikipedia is not to be taken as actual 100% fact. Any donkey could edit it at any time. If I'm reading you the artist's bio, that stuff is real truth. Le Click was a German Eurodance duo. The duo consisted of Swedish singer Kyle Shikoni and rapper singer Robert Haynes. Their U.S. chart debut was in 1995 with Tonight is the Night, which featured LaBouche's Melanie Thornton on vocals and was included on the double platinum-selling U.S. edition of LaBouche's debut album Sweet Dreams. They had another hit in 1997 with the single Call Me, which climbed to number 35 on the Billboard Hot 100 as well as number 4 on the Billboard Hot Dance Club play chart. The Jag reached number 38 in the UK, and its follow-up, Don't Go, peaked at number 62 on the Billboard Hot 100 and 19 on the Billboard Dance Club play chart. Their album, Tonight is the Night, peaked at number 49 on the Heat Seekers chart. Now, those are the numbers. The lead singer, K.O. Shikoni, was already an established artist in her native of Sweden and has since gone on to have a successful television career. She has released two solo albums and many hit singles in Sweden, both in either English or Swedish. In 1998, she released the single If I Can't Have You with LFO. Shikoni was the Swedish Eurovision Song Contest 2002 entrant with the group Aphrodite. Her most recent English single was released in 2006 called If It Makes You Feel Good. She's classically trained in ballet and has done several movies and a lot of theater as well. Let's get to know Kayo Shikoni. Welcome to the show. Okay. Do you do many of these Zoom interviews? Well, not so many with Canada or uh, the States, but um, it's been a little bit uh, Latin America and um, yeah, a few. Yeah, It's not like every every week. It's every other month, though, I would say. Well, it's a nice way that we can keep in touch. Um, and I'll be using it in the future for podcasting because now I can have a chance to talk to somebody like yourself who's in Stockholm, right? Yes, that's true. <laughs> Perfect. And I want all the folks to know um, who are listening, they, uh, Kayla, you're very successful as an artist in television and in theater. You've taken so many career paths and we want to share that with our North American listeners. So um, one thing I wanted to ask you about is the Nordic beat scene. Is that oh. a genre? Is that a genre on its own? Because I hadn't heard of it before until I was doing well, my research. Yes, I hear you have. Uh, Nordic beat was, I guess, the start of um, um, the Swedish R&B and soul scene, so to speak. Uh, it doesn't really, or it's evolved now. It, we don't call it Nordic beat anymore, but um, uh, I would say that that was the start of Swedish music for export. Does that make any sense? Because mm -hmm. before the 90s, we didn't really have R&B and soul and also getting into that whole politic about 
race and stuff like uh, the Afro-Swedish community mm-hmm. in Sweden, they, they were like kept a little bit in the shadow and there was mostly pop music. So when the R&B scene started growing, uh, you would see like collaborations and, and uh, lovely like mixes going on. So that would, was the start of something really, really beautiful, I think. Um, I think you just call it like Swedish export nowadays. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, because I, I guess if everything seemed in North America anyways, it seemed like ABBA was all it was really talked about, right? Yeah, that was the big one, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of Swedish songwriting. There's like something in the water in Sweden it, that makes people like so good at writing pop hooks and worldwide yeah. hits. So yeah. what do you think that is? I think that um, Sweden is a, a small country and we have... Um, it's, we have a very large community of middle class, mm. uh, which means that a lot of families could afford to buy a synthesizer at a very young age. You would send your kids to communal piano lessons and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, and it wouldn't cost anything like, and you would get a cell phone at the age of 10. All of these things that Sweden as a country, it's been a a welfare country in many ways. So to create music at an early age with the right equipment mm-hmm. was uh, was available for us. Uh, so I think that's a part of it that you would be able to go and have your piano lessons at the age of six and started to create stuff and still be able to go to school for free and all of these things. I think yeah. that, you know, that totally I would say that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, because a lot of countries, people don't, they like the, the schooling doesn't have a lot of money and the music programs get the brunt of that. So yes. the creativity, it kind of gets halted. So what you're saying totally makes sense. Yeah. So we're, we're blessed in so many ways and maybe also, I mean, I think every country has that specific sound for folk music and uh, uh, Sweden maybe had the Swedish young musicians had a chance to mix that in a beautiful way that appealed to other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we're appealed to uh, Latin American music, but we've had a very big love to the American and, and the North American music, of course, because, mm-hmm. with, you know, the film and the TV and all of these things that, um, that we had access to. I would say. Yeah. The influence was there, but I'm really excited to hear about the music that you're making and, and what you've been doing over the years too. So um, how did you originally become a part of the click in the beginning? Oh, that's a really funny story. Um, uh, the first version of the click was um, a guy called uh, Robert uh, and, um, God, it's so early in the morning. Um, <laughs> the lady that sings in La Bouche, mm-hmm. um, they were the part of Le Clique to begin with. She was then, uh, 
headhunted to Labouche. So, but the song Tonight is the Night had already been recorded and launched. So all of a sudden, a couple of radio stations in the States, I think it was like um, Florida or something, they started playing this song and then all of a sudden they didn't have a singer. So all of a sudden two uh, record guys from Germany, Logic Records, they had connection with uh, the Swedish Nordic beat scene Mix and Dennis Pop and all of these guys. So they they called them and said, do you have a, a singer that could like jump on this project really fast? So I get a phone call uh, from my A&R and he says, I have two guys who wants to meet you. And so I said, okay, I'll go. And we had a coffee and they asked me three questions. This is the funniest. Are you married? And uh, no, I'm not. Do you have children? No. Are you single? I'm like, yeah. Can you leave in a week's time? I'm like, okay. So I was like, yeah, why not? So in a week's time, I went to Germany, recorded new vocals for Tonight is the Night. And another week, I went home uh, packed. And then I went straight to the States. And that's <laughs> that's the story wow. of looking. Yeah. What a whirlwind. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're just immediately in the U.S. Is this the first time you've traveled overseas at this point? I've been there. I've, I had been to New York a few times as a tourist. I had a few friends there, of course, but uh, never worked or in any other fashion, you know, visiting the the other side of the world for me. So that was super exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I ended up staying for two years. Uh, toured all over and of course in Canada and uh, it was amazing I would because since you contacted me I thought a lot about my gigs and the shows that I did in Canada and that those shows will stay for me they will stay with me forever because the audience in Canada was by far the most amazing uh, shows and uh, audience. No lie. The energy, right? Yeah. Like we have an yes. insane energy here. We, we really yeah. appreciate, we really appreciate when people come to see us. <laughs> yeah, and the love and, and the politeness and the beautiful country and the cities that, uh, that I had, I went to Toronto a couple of times and, uh, uh, a few other cities, but it, I was so well, you know, treated and there was so much love. Mm-hmm. So, That's so cool. Uh, yeah. 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 And now we're starting to get back into the touring business again in this country. Um, there was a nineties nostalgia tour that just came through, uh, okay. in the summertime with like Aqua Hathaway to unlimited, okay. all those guys. Were, yeah. Were yeah. So it's getting back. It's happening again. It's exciting. Yay. Yeah, finally. <laughs> now, I mean, this whole situation. No, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about the, the whole situation that we've been living with for the past two years has been crazy. And uh, uh, I, I just feel the energy of people really wanting to get back and, you know, uh, and I guess the creativity that has been cooking 
you know, because you had to stay at home or, you know, maybe you had a home studio or whatever or traveling, you know, go back and forth to your your small hubs and create. So there's a lot of stuff coming out now, I guess. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Some artists have wrote like albums and albums in the last year and a half, right? Yeah, uh, it's, it's good to see. It's good to see that they they use that time widely. And it was easy to get interviews during that time because everybody was at home. Exactly. And like wanting to to connect with their their listeners and their audience and fans and stuff. So mm -hmm. the Internet is a good thing. I think so. I think so. Call me. say what was one of your most memorable performances that you did um whether it be a tv show or live show in an arena what what was a couple shows maybe that you really stand out in your mind i would definitely say that it was uh one of the shows that i did in canada uh in toronto and um it was early on um during my first year with leclick and I was still like, I guess, trying to figure out what the hell was going on, uh, being in a new, a new like country and being the culture, everything was new to me. And uh, I had two Swedish uh, lady dancers with me uh, and we did a radio show in, in Toronto. And so I, I think I was the last to to perform which was like super cool I was like wow maybe I'm the head here you know and uh, so we did our songs and went backstage and the audience I mean it was maybe 30,000 people could not stop calling out my name and I was like to the point where I almost got scared because I had never experienced anything like that they were like, Kyle, Kyle, the click, the click. And it just went on for minutes. And I was like, oh my God. So, and I looked at my young, like girls, the, the ladies that I have, and they were looking at me like, so what are you going to do? Are you going to go out? What are you going to do? We don't have any more songs. So 
let's go, you know, and we went out and we redid, I think tonight is the night and call me. And it was to this day, the most extreme happiness and joy. And I was just looking at them and crying like, Oh my God. this Yeah. That was amazing. Oh, that feeling must be just so heartwarming. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure I say your name properly because it's Kayo, right? Yeah. I mean, do people say Kayo by accident all the time? Yeah. And it's super fine with me because in the States, a lot of people say Kayo and in Sweden, they say Kayo. So it's fine. Whatever you like. I get it. People say (laughs) Naomi instead of Naomi. Are you see? So I just accept both. I'm good. Okay. As long as you're talking to me, I'm fine. <laughs> it's an honor, my dear Naomi. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, what other places have you been uh, able to travel to doing music that like brought you joy, like places like bucket list destinations? Uh, actually, uh, I did two years ago. I had the opportunity because I had to turn it down a few times because I was doing uh, I was acting here in in Sweden to go to Peru. That was amazing. And then, of course, I stayed and and went to Machu Picchu and uh, experienced that whole spiritual journey. That was amazing. So that was definitely a bucket list for me. Check. Yeah, Uh, we've done. um, a lot of really cool places that I would never be able to go to if it wasn't for Le Click and also La Bouche, of course, uh, that I've been a, a member of as well. So it's been, uh, oh my God, <laughs> I don't even know where to start, but Latin America, a lot of uh, places in um, Eastern Europe um, and um the states of course and canada so for this uh this music took me all over the world Mm -hmm. the only place uh, russia i mean we've been everywhere (laughs) yay but it's probably like it's good when you can make the time to sightsee and take everything in because i know a lot of people say when they're in the music business that you don't have time no, <laughs> you don't no. have time to actually go out and see everything. No, you don't. I mean, you're in in and out in a day, 24 hours. But mm-hmm. I would say that at least you get a hint of I need to come back here, you know, yeah. like, OK, I, I remember going to Puerto Rico in the States and I was like, oh, my God, I have to come back here. This is so beautiful and the people were so amazing and the food and everything. Mm-hmm. I still haven't been able to go back, but it's on my bucket list. So seeing it as a positive thing that at least you get also immediately to meet the people that from the country, instead of being there as a tourist, which is completely different, you know? So you do get an insight and you get to ask questions like, so if I would stay longer, where would you have me go and stuff like that? So um, it's amazing. I am not complaining. (laughs) (laughs) It's good stuff. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to have you back on the show in a few months and we can do a show about La Bouche. Hey, like later. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> now, going back to um, the, the click um, questions, I was going to say, do you still connect with Robert Haynes at all? 
Robert is actually, we can't find him. He's gone. Mm. Um, and even with Facebook and, and all the social media channels, we can't get hold of him. And um, uh, really, I mean, that's a really weird situation to be in because I've even been connected with people that, he, you know, it's ASCAP and, you know, there's money for him to pick up. But I don't know where he is. Maybe wow. he went back to the States or um, and just like totally left the business. And uh, so hmm. it's common like that happens where they just decide to it just is? live a peaceful, quiet life and go from there. Maybe. And I mean, he was a he was a, a, a personality that um, it, he, he used to be in the army, of course, but I think that he was a like a more homebound kind of personality. Mm-hmm. So that's very possible that he just said like, okay, let me just leave this and, and uh, go plant my plants and, you know, walk in my yard or whatever. So mm-hmm. who knows? Could be. Have you heard of the Canadian DJ Chris Shepard from back in the 90s and early 2000s? Yes. He's yes. the same thing. Nobody knows where he is. Wow. The same thing. So I had like, I had people on the show and I was asking them, do you know where he is? <laughs> we did a whole episode. We talked wow. to the girl in who used to be singing with him in BKS and Love Inc. Um, uh-huh. Simone Denny. Uh-huh. He doesn't know where he is when wow. she was on the show. So but yeah, it's like, it's, that could be it. They just, you know, settled down. Yeah, they're That's done. Yeah. yeah. Go do something else. And as long as they're healthy and happy, that's the most important thing, of course. Amen. You know, yeah. Amen to that. Wow. Um, in 1998, now I understand that you did a single with the group LFO called If I Can't Have You. Yes, I did. That's right. Was that a 98? <laughs> that is what my research says. But uh, yeah. I, how did you guys get hooked up to make this song? Oh, um, my amazing uh, uh, um, record label boss called Kelly Schweinsberg. Uh, may she rest in peace. She passed uh, in 2004 or five. She... Um, she was my best, she became my best friend, but she was also like, she loved the business and she got hold of LFO and she said, why don't we do a collab? So that was totally her doing. Uh, they wanted to become a little more like European dance music. And, but I, I guess without stepping on any toes, I hope that they were more like to the hip hop and R&B scene. So I thought, I think that Kelly said, let's do a collab and get the dance music and the hip hop scene and uh, see how that works. And it was an amazing experience, of course. Cool guys. I haven't seen them since, but very cool guys. And I love the song. Yeah. Since I'm a 70s girl as well, you know, Saturday Night Fever. Hey, you know, (laughs) love the song.
Then I hooked you up. Then I hooked up my last wow. one. All in on, got a joint cash one. Forget your last one. He ain't much. Nah. Mad cause it's me, not him. You touch in the nighttime. Uh. When the lights go out. No doubt, bitch, nice is the name you shout. Woo. Yes, yes, you're all in. To the break of dawn in. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Don't stop, don't quit. Uh. Baby girl and rich. We always into something. Yeah. If it's not you, then it's nothing. Nostalgia listeners, I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. We have what's called Patreon for those who want to support the show financially. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind the scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So, please, join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia. This is Brooke. And this is Nikki. And this is my so-called whatever. Hey! Hey, guys. We're in 80s and 90s slash NKOTV podcast. That's new kids on the block, if you didn't know that. We're here to share your stories. Yeah. And ours. Yeah. And uh, have a good time. Have a great time. Let's be nostalgic. Talk about what it was like growing up in the 80s and the 90s. Talk about what we were wearing, the music we were listening to, the, the bands mo- we liked, the movies we watched, the TV shows, all the pop culture stuff. All of that stuff. That's what we talk about in this podcast. So, and a heavy helping of new kids on the block. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. If you aren't a New Kids on the Block fan, that's okay, because we flip-flop between week the topics to each week. So we do a New Kids on the Block episode one week, which we call The Block Party, and then we do a 80s, 80s 90s, 90s episode. So, which is 80s and 90s. Yeah. And we welcome you to listen to one or the other or all. Yeah. Join us. Be our guest. Be our, our guest. guest. Thanks. Thanks. Bye! You can have lots of high-tech fun with Tiger's Talkboy Tape Recorder. Hey! Stop drooling on me! Hey! Stop drooling on me! It even has speed control. Hi, kids. We're home early. Hi, kids. We're home early. Tiger's Talkboy Tape Recorder comes with audio cassette. Batteries not included. 2002, we're talking about Eurovision, which is something that is somewhat of an enigma to North America because we don't know much about it. It's like <laughs> it's like European football. It's, yeah. it's, to us, it's like we have no idea, except there was a Netflix movie that Will Ferrell made, and <laughs> yes. everyone thinks that's what Eurovision is now. So okay. tell me about your experience with Eurovision. Eurovision is is something that is in our DNA. Uh, It's been around since, I guess, the 50s in Sweden and uh, big parts of Europe. Uh, 
a beautiful thing, I guess, to begin with, just to, to connect uh, countries through music. Uh, so every year, everybody would sit down and watch the, the Eurovision or the Swedish contest. What song are we sending to the Eurovision song contest? So it's in our DNA. Uh, I kind of thought it was kind of cheesy, you know, growing up like, okay, the music was schlager, uh, very Swedish pop in a cheesy way. Uh, so I stopped, I stopped watching it, you know, growing up from the teens and getting back into other things. But at 2002, uh, the, the Eurovision also in Sweden said like, okay, we need to do something new because we're losing viewers and all of that. So they remade the whole concept and they connected with uh, me and two of my colleagues uh, and uh, offered us a song. And we said, okay, mm, mm. if we're going to do it, we want to do it our way. So we want to produce the song um and we want to be you know involved in the whole process so we redid the song to a more like 80s disco kind of song and you know with the glitter and everything and that had never been heard of in the Eurovision it was very like folkish and maybe jeans and a t-shirt you know kind of thing so ah. we uh they the people when we went on tv with that they were like what the heck is going on and we won so they sent us to the Eurovision and uh that was it, ha it had a, a huge impact Naomi because it was the first time that three African American uh, Swedish ladies was in the contest ever because we're not that many over here you know we're we're more now but when we grew up it, we were like 20 mm -hmm. uh, so that it was a people were in shock like oh my goodness it's a disco song and it's performed by three black girls and they're like what the hell are we gonna do with all of this information so um but it was very well received and they sent us uh to uh estonia and uh we came seventh or eighth which is which is great uh, and uh, that song lives on today. People are like playing it every year, every, you know, reoccurring event of the Eurovision. They're like, oh, Aphrodite, blah, blah, blah. So Aphrodite. Really famous. Yeah. That was the group that you guys established together. Was it just for the contest or have you continued to make music with Aphrodite? Uh, we have. Um, we work together. We're still super friends and we do shows. And we performed that song, of course. Um, but uh, we're, we're different because uh, Gladys Del Pilar, she's into musicals and Blossom, uh, the other lady, she's into health and fitness. So she's doing, they're all doing successes in their own fields now. Mm. But then all, you know, we come together and do shows, but we haven't been making music for the past 10 years, I think. But we've been living good off of that song, lady, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you Grateful. always hope for. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that one song. I mean, if you get to do that, it's it's such a blessing. We're mm -hmm. so, we're so grateful for that. And 
Yeah. So we're carrying on the disco tradition here in nice. Sweden. No matter what, you'll you'll always be that song will be a part of your life. You'll be playing it oh, forever. Yeah. Yes. And that's all right. <laughs> it is. God, it's a blessing. My goodness. Wow. Yes. you're an actress you've been in movies and theater do you prefer getting the extra takes when you do acting as a movie movie actress or do you prefer live theater uh gosh I would say that it's it's so different because when you do the movie thing they really want you to nail it in that first one or two takes you know mm. and uh uh the prepar and the preparation is so different. Maybe you get a week or a couple of days to rehearse that scene um, over here at least. Uh, as but when you're in the theater, we rehearse for eight weeks. Mm. We dig deep into that script and really analyze it, and, and you know, and you get to have maybe an impact or have thoughts about the character and stuff like that. So I think I prefer theater and girl you get to do it over and over again and you know like twist it and tweak it and get better and better so yeah theater is my thing can become that person more deeply that way yeah yes I love that yeah I I mean if you do a the same play for about 100 times of course you get tired of it but you do get the chance to like okay so what's your mood today (laughs) (laughs) that's so so cool cool. and you DJ and do you still have a nightclub uh I haven't had time to run a nightclub but actually since COVID now is like settling down we hope so I'm getting I'm getting a request like please come on girl you know open a club you can just for like one night a month at least you know we need to dance I know (laughs) So I'm really thinking about it, uh, maybe for next year, because my brother is a DJ as well and a rapper. So we kind of team up and uh, we have a good crowd so we can fill a place if we do it. But it's, you know, you got to do it good. Mm. You got to prepare and uh, get the place and the, the merchandise and all of that going. So maybe. It could be fun. <laughs> it probably oh. will be. I mean, mentally and, and, and emotionally, I can't wait, but it's mm-hmm. just like a timeline thing. But uh, you got me, you, you got me thinking again, maybe I shall. So there's so many things that uh, 
your path might take now, right? Going back yeah. into, back into yeah. post-COVID post <laughs> life. There you go. So like, if you were to pick a song that you wrote or released or performed that never became like the single, maybe mm -hmm. more like a deep cut, which mm -hmm. one would be your favorite? Which one would you choose to make a release as a single? Uh, actually, it would be a song from the Look Click album, uh, which I love. Uh, and I think also because I am a DJ and, you know, I've DJ for many years, I love the, the, the spectra that you can, uh, I mean, I'm curious and I love drum and bass and I love reggae and there's so many different styles that I love. So heaven, uh, that's my favorite song and I would love to have that re-released. Heaven's got to be better. I love that song. I'll play a clip of it here on the show for everybody. Oh, yay. I love doing that. songs the artists wanted to get out there you know because a lot of times it was the record companies making the decisions yes so yeah it's good to know which ones your favorites are <laughs> yeah I mean of course the the obvious for so many reasons but that song that touched me in a special way nice mm. um so now since you have so many things on the go what are your goals lying ahead are you still going to be making music or are you going to be doing more acting? What's the, the hope and the goal? Uh, the hope is uh, to do more music. It's been uh, great to be able to do a lot of acting for the past five years. Uh, uh, but I do miss the music. So actually, uh, me and Lane McRae and LaBouche, uh, we uh, recorded a cover of uh, an old Alexander O'Neill song and uh, Sherelle, Saturday mm -hmm. Love. Uh, so we have, we're having Stonebridge doing a remix of it. Uh, so we hope that to release that because um, Lane wants to do um, more collabs with different female singers with LaBouche. And since we have a proper history, of course, so, and we miss each other. So that's on the agenda for sure. And uh, uh, me and my brother are thinking of recording a few new Le Click songs. 
wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, and see where that takes us. Um, and uh, he's, he's a beautiful producer. So there's a few little things cook in there. It's just a matter of getting, um, getting the time to, to connect with Lane and my brother. And, and you know, because now I have an opening on uh, African-American uh, play that's um, uh, premiering for the first time in, in Sweden. So we're opening in, in a week's time. So I've been rehearsing that for eight weeks. And then prior to that, I did a couple of other theater pieces. So uh, it's just a matter of time, but more music, definitely. Okay. It's coming up. What's the and play doing called? shows, you know, traveling a little bit. And, you know, I would love to come back to Canada and, and yes. you know, perform and meet fans, get a little touch of that love. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We'll be here waiting for you with all the love in our hearts. But I was going to say, what's the name of the play? So people out there can go. Uh, and the play it. that uh, we're doing is called Mountaintop. And it's uh, written by a lady called Tori Hall. And it's about Martin Luther King's last night before he got assassinated. So he meets an angel of death who prepares him to to go to heaven. So it's really interesting. And I'm I'm playing the angel, obviously. (laughs) Wow. But it's been really cool, too. And we're doing it at the big royal theater here in, in Stockholm. So... That's a big thing for me. Uh, so well, all the best to you and your new performance. And I hope Thank it goes you. smashingly well. Um, before we you. wrap things up, talking about Look Lick and everything else that you've worked on. Um, this is a 90s show. We want to know what kind of toy or food or clothing item makes you nostalgic for the 90s. Oh, Wow. Hmm. Take your time. I can always edit. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a loaded question. I mean, there's, I have a love-hate relationship with the buffaloes, the shoes. (laughs) Buffalo shoes? I'm going to Google those. I don't, I'm Googling them right now because I want to see what you're talking about. Yeah. Because I'm wondering, do we Uh, have them here? Yes, you did back in the day. Okay, once I see it, I'm probably going to be like, Okay, let's see. <laughs> oh yeah, thick sole. So it's like a sneaker with a thick yeah. sole. Yeah, they must be comfy. They are. They were. I I don't wear them anymore. But I I did a lot of shows in those shoes. I had them in light blue and light pink and all kinds <laughs> of colors. But it was kind of like walking around with bricks under your feet. But it was it was kind of cool too. <laughs> so I have a love hate relation to those, but something that I do miss. Are they hard oh, to dance wow. in then if they're so heavy? No, they weren't that heavy actually. I don't know what they were made of, some kind of foam or something. Uh, uh-huh. so they weren't that heavy, but they were clumsy mm-hmm. <laughs> in a sense. Man, what I want some now. Because I never had yeah. these. I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, the young kids are using them again. So I guess there's like a, you know, thing going on. Oh, God, there's a chat here going on. But um, <laughs> what else do I miss? Hmm, hmm. I do miss the big hoops, uh, like do the right thing, the movie, mm-hmm. the clothes and the style. Um, 
I can get back to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I never let hoops go away. Actually, I still, see. I love. They look great. They always will. Yeah, I keep them. <laughs> you see, never left, never leaving. For sure. Uh, well, that's. I mean, that's a spontaneous answer. But if I do remember anything, I'll I'll email you. Like, oh, <laughs> this. <laughs> everybody check yes yes i love it so yeah thank you so much for spending time with me today i hope you had as much fun as i did i did and you brought me back girl and in the best of ways and uh thank you so much for you know connecting and wanting to talk to me i'm i'm grateful and blessed for that really you're a blast to talk to i will uh like i had so much fun thank you <laughs> good 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 Okay, so uh, have a lovely Sunday and uh, get some sleep and all. That okay, I'll go to stuff. bed now. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. All right, okay, you take care. You. Talk, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>